ladies and gentlemen, this is a saw good man, the better. The funny thing is, I could edit this to be as better long call as, short as I want to. <laughs> my, name, <laughs> my name is Brian, and with me, as always, is I can edit this if I want to. Dave, Dave, how you doing? I can edit this if I want to. That a boy. Edit awesome. if I want to. Awesome. Edit if I want to. Mm-hmm. Doing this Saturday night on the weekend before Labor Yeah, weekend before Labor Day. It's Labor Day, right? Not it Memorial is, Day. It is Labor Day weekend. It is the okay. inverse of Memorial Day. This is the unofficial end of summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. I think we talked about that on Preview with the Prior. So once again, uh, expect like a good long Preview with the Prior next week with a, yeah. a bunch of shout-outs and stuff like that. We'll make it up uh, to you because we had a lot of correspondence that we didn't get to. Yep, a lot going on this week. So today we are talking about episode 405 titled what, Dave? Quite a ride. Quite a ride. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like the rear example of, uh, you know, usually usually TV shows and movies and stuff like that say the title, at least at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one did it in the first scene. Got right to it. Yeah. Has Jimmy said the title in every episode? I, I, I don't think he said it, but I feel like it's come up in every episode. He said something beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that's the only one I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a different yeah. notebook than usual. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ironically, yeah. I'm, at, I'm, I'm uh, house-sitting for a lawyer friend, mm. and uh, I was looking for a notebook, and I was like, there's got to be legal pads, right? And then I found a legal pad <laughs> right on. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. So... A lot of people are going to be stoked on this episode real quick before we get into it. What, what do you think, Dave? This episode? Mm-hmm. It, has, it had a lot of things I didn't actually kind of like. Okay. Um, cool. I, I, I guess I took some issues with some of the writing and the way things uh, panned out in this one a little more than usual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually just kind of roll with it. Was Nacho in this one? He wasn't in this one, was I he? don't remember seeing Nacho at all. Okay. Yeah, he's he's healing. He's, he must be off the grid with Pops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Batmaning yeah. it up, probably sitting somewhere in a presumably dark room. Right. He's probably visiting some friends and just like waiting for them to get home in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Showing up unannounced. With, even if it's like noon, the room is somehow dark when Nacho's right. sitting he, in it. He pulls yeah. the shades or like throws blankets over the windows like a person that works midnights. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Before we get started, I uh-huh. wanted to bring this up because we were yeah. talking last episode about mm-hmm. the Wrigley Field reference. Yeah. And then Bob Odenkirk is probably a Cubs fan. Yes. While the episode was airing, mm-hmm. he was at Wrigley Field. Nice. Doing Didn't an interview put... and doing the seventh inning stretch. Ah, nice. Which is cool because nice. they, and I went and I watched the video of it and he, they asked him like, hey, your show's on. Like, how do they feel about this? Whatever. He's like, oh, I got it on DVR. And they made some <laughs> kind of funny jokes. Like he said, he said, my DVR is full of shows about hoarding, mm-hmm. like to where it's like too much. Right. So he's like, yo, you hoard shows about hoarding? He's like, oh, that's the joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then every, or for one, they asked him if he, if he like, enjoyed the season. He's like, I don't know. He watches mm-hmm. it like the rest of us, and he actually enjoys the show. Yeah. And he's so into like doing each scene that he doesn't really know what else is going on kind of a mm-hmm. deal. And, uh. When he sang the seventh inning stretch, every Cubs fan knows you start the seventh inning stretch with a one, a two, a three. Okay. He skipped three and went right into the song and just threw everybody off. 
<laughs> Do you think he did that intentionally? He might have, because well, first he says, uh, "Hey everybody, let's see who can sing the loudest." But I have a microphone, and then <laughs> right. he just like skipped three. So he might have either been nervous or messing with everybody. You never know with with old Bob. That's cool. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> uh, I I like to think he did that on purpose just to mess with everybody. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Totally, especially the organist, because the organist just like holds a chord. Until you say mm-hmm. three, and he's like mm-hmm. a two take, and then like the organist had to catch up to it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome! Always the prankster that Saul Goodman. Ah, uh, he's incorrigible for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, episode four hundred five. Quite the ride opens. Uh, opens during the Breaking Bad timeline. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And it took me. When did I write that down? Three notes into it. I'm sitting mm-hmm. there going, yeah, like papers are being shred, and I didn't notice a lot of the office details. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, is this Chuck's office? Is this like, mm-hmm. what what the hell's going on? And then yeah, I finally put it together that damn, that's Saul Goodman's office from Breaking Bad, and he's he's piecing up out of town. You know, I was wondering when that was going to pop up because uh, some uh, Better Call Saul fan sites and stuff like that. It, somebody posted a picture. Somebody from the cast posted a picture on Twitter of the cast filming and saying, Hey, and with, you know, like just waving at the camera and taking a selfie or, you know, uh, once upon a time that was just called a picture, but now apparently it's everything is a selfie. So they took a picture and, um, (laughs) (laughs) of themselves. Right. Yeah. They took a selfie of an entire fucking group of people. That's called a, (laughs) a, that's called a groupie, a groupie. Okay. So they took a steal a park and rec joke. It's when it's a Yui. When you take a picture of somebody else, it's a selfie of someone else. It's called a Yui. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but that would be a groupie. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So they took a groupie <laughs> rolling my eyes. I made that up. I don't know. <laughs> We're going with it. <laughs> it. It's called a groupie, and Jonathan Banks is uh, legendary street artist Banksy. Yes. yes. FYI. So, <laughs> but they, they posted it with that whole getup, the purple shirt, the 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 uh, butterfly clip on the nose and all that. Mm-hmm. And within minutes, people were saying... Oh my God! It's, it's it's Saul Goodman from episode fifteen of season five when blah 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 happens, and I'm like, wow, right. okay, super sluice. And so I've been kind of waiting all season for a scene that that showed that to come along. And I I guess at this point I was kind of anticipating it to be towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. However, uh, this one kind of kicked off, and I guess that's why it was a seventy five minute episode was because of the extended opening. Mm. <laughs> Right there, you go. Like, because that was the only thing really out of the ordinary from any other episode. I don't think it was longer than other openings, though. I've, there's been some pretty damn long openings, especially like the long tracking shots we've seen and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. Maybe, maybe it just seemed like maybe since this isn't part of that timeline, mm-hmm. that's why they extended it a little bit, or just because it's the weekend. Who knows? Yeah, I guess it just seems like it has a little bit more significance because yeah. it's it's Saul in Breaking Bad doing right. one of the most famous things of Breaking Bad, which is, I guess they didn't address in Breaking Bad what it was like in his office as he was yeah. getting ready to get a new identity. So I guess it was cool. That must have been fun for the writers and such to go back and and think how Saul in his state of mind at the time would have handled right. that and then retroactively rewrite a scene to fit into that. I was wondering if they did this scene and then cut it. Like it was a scene from... Right. at first. But then when he says like, Tell him Jimmy sent you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, just the way it played out, it seemed like, okay, no, they wrote this. Did it ever address show. what happens that November 12th at 3 p.m.? 
No, and I tried to look it up, and no, no idea. Okay. Because it doesn't really happen sure. in this episode either, correct? Right, and I think Walter dies on sep- I, I tried to look up, and Walter dies like September 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, that's when the episode aired. Mm-hmm. But it was soon after his birthday, right? Yeah. And his yeah. birthday is like early September. I did. I, I, I tried to look up dates to try and put that together, and that's all I could find mm-hmm. was that I knew it was soon after Walter's birthday. His birthday is September 7th, so November 12th is three months out. So that makes sense. He's got some time to get lost or whatever. Yeah, but no details on exactly what that means. But uh, his secretary, um, she was right November twelfth, three p.m. Mm-hmm. Right? If yeah. it's not exactly at three o'clock, she's leaving. So right, it's a phone so call. I, mm-hmm. I can't wait till season five before they address. <laughs> yeah, <I'm... laughs> it'll probably be the fifth episode of season five where they bring it all back and open up with what exactly they 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 will open up at November twelfth at three p.m. Uh, you never know. Yeah. They might do it this this season. They might do it next episode. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it was, it was good to see him bugging out and you know giving the phone call for the extraction and well he and uh, he he says the and I did look at this he says the exact same thing for uh, when he sends Jesse away. He calls up the guy. He says he needs a new dust filter for his Hoover Max Extract Pressure Pro Model sixty, which retails for eighty nine ninety nine on Amazon dot com. By the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, how much? Eighty nine ninety nine, I think. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know it's a pickup and it's red hot. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah. was straight out of Breaking Bad. The same same code mm-hmm. words and everything. Pretty cool. Yeah, but, I like that. Uh, Francesca totally not impressed by anything. I, oh, I mean, yeah. She doesn't even really seem phased. First off, she's a trooper mm. for even sticking around to shred everything. But I guess that was probably more so to cover her own ass. Right. Yeah, and to earn more money. Because mm-hmm. yeah, when when he gives her the role and she's like, like no, more, mm-hmm. more money. Yeah, I I uh, I, I like how uh, she has absolutely no affinity for Saul either. No, yeah, right? Because he wants he wants the he wants the cool hug, you know, with the closure and the like. Well, we gave it our best shot. Like <laughs> quite a ride, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then she just goes, "Yep." <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> yep. See ya. <laughs> Yeah, so great. So, anyway, so uh, pretty decent scene. I, you know, you know that there's millions, quite possibly millions, of people who are big Breaking Bad fans and big Better Call Saul fans. Within the first thirty seconds, when they put two and two together, that oh, yeah. this is Saul and Breaking Bad timeline doing backflips and shit. All jazzed up. All jazzed. Yeah, up. I, I thought it, I thought it was really cool, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute, because they do a bunch of time jumps. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're going to totally do a Saul Goodman episode. No. Like, I, thought, I thought it was a possibility there was the whole, whole shebang. I, I've, if there's one thing I noticed, it's that um, the time jumps are only in the pre-scenes, mm-hmm. cold opens. Right. When, once the credits roll, it's, it's linear. They don't jump around. Yeah. So all the flashbacks and future backs and whatever. Yeah. Um, I just thought it. Flash I just thought that. Right, I I just thought that might be a cool way to go, and then because it'd be cool if they kind of flipped that, flipped the script as the kids from ten years ago say. <laughs> right, because we saw and next time I'm better close to, like where they had like all the <laughs> all the dumb things like Howard, are you okay, and all this other right. stuff. It would have been cool if they would have had a Saul Goodman episode and the current day and the shows that we typically watch where the flashback of Saul Goodman mm-hmm. was still progressed to Better Call Saul story. Yeah, yeah, but um. 
That's why I don't have a TV show, Dave. <laughs> Needless well, to you, say. You could write one. You could yeah. write one. I could write one. Nobody would produce it, but I could I could probably <laughs> write one. Yeah, I could probably I could probably write one. But anyway, uh good opening scene. Not not too bad. It's uh pretty interesting and it was good uh good callback. Yeah, good this callback. is not one of the things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so noted. Scene right. one, Dave liked. Right. We can yeah, we can go scene by scene if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then there's the uh, the bus stop opening. Lots of gray, and still nothing cataclysmic. Me cataclysmically awesome, right? Right. Black and white. Yeah. Behold, going crazy. Mm-hmm. Colors weird. Sure. Moving on. Okay. All right. <laughs> just wanted to check. I just wanted to make sure. All of a sudden, it was. I just no. wanted to make sure I didn't blink, and all of a sudden, it was crystal clear and perfect. <laughs> no. No. No, that would really throw everybody off. What if there was right? just a normal, perfect s- shot of whatever the hell huh. they're on, and, and then it, it moves on? That last would mess episode, everybody up. Last episode, they should do that. Everything's crystal clear. Yeah, totally. Like fuck the whole black and white thing. Everything right. is just crystal clear. Like the episode before it is completely black and white. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that's Gene. And mm-hmm. then the episode after is like crystal clear, and that's like Saw from Breaking Bad or something like that. You know. Ah, look there. Yeah. Hire, hire us, AMC. Yeah. Stop sending us free episodes to watch and just ask us to write already. All right. I mean, psh, come Have on. Have you heard our ideas? I mean, Kim dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what more could you want? <laughs> All right. We're at uh, CC Mobile, and Jimmy is bored. Duh. <laughs> you coughed in the middle of our sentence. So here we go. All right. Remember, if I cough, it doesn't go on your thing, though. You can just keep talking. I know. I just thought it was funny to reference it because now you have to edit all this out. Unless you want to keep it. Remember, I can edit what I want to. Okay. All right. Here we go. We're at CC Mobile. Jimmy's mm-hmm. bored out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And I did like the cool use of the radio to denote the passage of time. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. As he skipped around and it kind of just smash cut to smash cut of all of his various activities and his states mm-hmm. of boredom, you could hear the background music on the radio and it would just be snippets of songs playing. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It, I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? But a lot of TV shows don't do that. They'll play like an underlying track and just show the characters mm-hmm. doing different things. But with this, it'd play one song for the, you know, it'd play 10 seconds of whatever song was supposedly on the radio during the entirety of him staring out the window. And then as it cut, it would be a different song that was on the radio overheard. Right. Which I'm so, so I'm so glad that in a 75 minute episode, they decided not to shave any time by, you know, cutting out maybe five or six clips of Jimmy walking around bored. <laughs> I take it that's one of the things you did not like? No, it's actually not. I didn't even notice it. Oh. <laughs> I was actually referencing you saying they wasted time, too much time on exposition last episode. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh-huh. they, which, which they did. <laughs> so anyway, double down. Um, double down. But I really like that. I, I've never seen, I I mean, I'm sure that's probably been done before, but I've never noticed it quite as much. So I just thought I think, that was a really interesting, interesting way to show, yeah. you know, the day just kind of dragging on via the music that the character themselves hear instead of some underlying score. Right. Right. Yeah. Dude pulls up in a truck because Jimmy uses his mind, mind magic. I just said truck mind trick Yoda. Jimmy's Yoda. Yeah, yeah man. That's what he was doing. Can you do that Bring before? It sounds looks like look familiar to me. Yeah, it did to me too. I can't I can't recall off the top of my head, but it, it seems like it's just a mannerism he has just for his self amusement, right? Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. Because then if Dude, it works, well, you think you're, you know, 
supernatural <laughs> powers and stuff. Yeah, I like I like the hokey ass dude walking in, and it's essentially just like privacy. Y'all sell privacy? Yeah, how's that? I work? know that I know that isn't exactly his words, but it just seemed like a funny premise. Any way you say it, <laughs> to, to right. like walk in and be like, be like, oh yeah, I, I mean, I guess I could use some privacy. I mean, I didn't go to Target looking for that, but I, since it's on sale, right. I might as well pick up a few privacies. <laughs> well, it's funny because that just the way you said that triggered me because I I took a note of how. Jimmy kept throwing all these weird phrases out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't write any of them down, and I kind of forgot them all. Mm-hmm. But him being kind of a country bumpkin, to use the parlance of our times. Yeah. Did I even use that phrase right? I don't know. We were called country bumpkins. So. Whatever. But no, the parlance of our times thing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> using, using, using parlance of our times has become part of the parlance of our times. Thanks to Big Lebowski. <laughs> Country bumpkins and mm-hmm. people like that tend to gravitate towards those weird little, you know, get a good look at a T-bone steak by shipping your head up bull's ass. <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, like <laughs> colloquialisms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just um, off the wall, weird random ones too. I, I like as he walked in and Jimmy was doing this, the fake sales call as if somebody mm-hmm. wanted the whole the whole lot of these shitty phones <laughs> and, and makes it a point to break it and throw it away as the guy was watching him. Totally. Yeah. That's well, how he got the that's how he got the sale there, mm-hmm. which is a genius trick. But I, I, I would never do it personally. Mm-hmm. The whole like fake phone call, smash the phone, put phones <laughs> on hold that are actually for sale. But, to, yeah. you know, convince them like, hey, this is worth buying kind of a thing. Right, and I'm sure he got more money for him too. Because yeah. hey, these are on hold. You got to make it worth my money because uh, some dude's coming in for these. You got to, right. got to give me, pony up a little extra scratch. So you know, I'm, look, I'm the one that's going to take the shit on this, right? Like right. I'm the one that's going to get in trouble for this. So you got to give me a little bit of money for my trouble, which I'll put in my pocket. Which I'll put in my pocket and use to buy more phones. Mm-hmm. I like the use of information hygiene. Yeah, I also like mm-hmm. that, and the once per. Hmm. Well, once per yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's pretty much whatever. <laughs> whatever your once is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds so odd to say that, but it sounds oddly official at the same time. Right. Once it sounds it. like that's a real thing that people say, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody just use that before. But that that's I guess what makes it great. Because nice. it sounds it sounds like something that big time big shot business people would say <laughs> right but it's basically just hokum right like, you, like <laughs> that, you like that golf stream five that's a once per yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i mean maybe people use that frequently but i i have never heard that but i i i liked it a lot definitely liked it a lot i'm gonna so, go ahead and give i'm gonna give jimmy a point for making that up yeah okay yeah. big ups jim winning the podcast so far so did you like this did you like this scene dave i did okay i did Okay, so two, so far two likes, no non likes. Okay, so so far this episode of Better Call Saul is two zero. Better Call Saul. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yes. Yeah. All right. So two zero BCS zero Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, I'll just say it now. This next scene, you can give them two points. I love this next part. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we're kind of out in the middle of the... Well, I guess we're at a bus depot, and Burt Reynolds jumps off the bus ready. <laughs> Who we never seen before, but it, it was cool seeing It was cool seeing him on the show. Fantastic mustache, he, as he, always. He's got that Benjamin Button thing going. He's uh, mm-hmm. He definitely looks a lot younger than the last time we saw him. Yeah. I, I also like this whole ordeal 
it, again, it's one of those great things where it puts you in what the hell are they really kind of getting to? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, when did Mike become Keith for Sutherland in the phone booth movie? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> the whole key underneath the wheel well hood mm-hmm. in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, and, you know, and a little bit of humor there where Mike asks him if he's got to relieve himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not he too bad. He's good. No, he's good. Not too bad. Mike, uh, I, I also like the lighting. As it showed the back of the van, the lighting come through the air holes. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah. Well, that was overall. another, like, interesting way to do a montage. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was an episode of montages. This episode is a montage of montages. You know, like I, I guess it kind of was. I guess it kind of was. Which is cool. That's thematic. That's good. It's good writing. Again, keeping with the scene, uh, the theme of looking through shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because in, yeah. in the opening scene, there was a couple shots from inside the hole in Saul's wall. In well, this that's scene, always there's... been their thing. Like when when we were working on the TV pilot that I worked on, whenever we would shoot from inside something like at the character, we call it the mm-hmm. Breaking Bad shot. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because that's yeah, that's for what. Six, oh, wait, five plus four, nine seasons, eight and a half seasons now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of been their thing, which is awesome. Yeah. Totally. Okay. But not okay. a recent I, thing. I guess I'm just noticing it more now for mm. whatever reason. I guess, I guess last episode or the episode before that was so shoot through the windows heavy that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it, it just kind of struck me as something I had to know. Because right. typically I'm like, oh, that's a cool shot. Yeah. But that one episode, I was like, why do we keep shooting through windows? Right. <laughs> Every fucking scene is through a window. But anyway, just incredibly, incredibly well done. And and the whole shooting through something. I like how there was even a scene where you could see through the bottom of the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, you just see the little feet walking as they're discussing. Mm-hmm. And apparently they come up to a flight of stairs. A POV shot, as it were. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I thought they were going to do the whole thing where even though Mike specifically asked Burt Reynolds if he had to go to the bathroom, I thought for sure there was going to be a deal where Burt Reynolds would have to go to the bathroom midway through, causing further annoyance <laughs> <laughs> on the ride, and then they'd have to deal with it. I didn't but think appa- that was coming. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, mean, I wrote that Mike down. did say, welcome to the country, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy is serious. Yeah. So yeah. Not, I, even if I, I would piss myself before I asked Mike for a bathroom break at that point. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but Mike takes uh, Burt Reynolds to the laundry facility. And this is apparently how they decide to build the meth lab. How long did it take you to put that together? Uh, that they were going to the laundry facility? Yeah. No, once they got there, I didn't realize where they were until mm-hmm. he t- he's taking his measurements with the laser. Oh, really? Then I started slowly. It took me a while. I was like, it was late at night. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as soon as you saw kind of the blue exterior of the machines, I knew where they were at. But I thought I, I totally thought it'd be quicker. Mm. I thought this was just the guy that they were going to hire to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it would just start work. That's kind of where I thought they were going with it. I didn't know that they would basically, um, they, Mike was interviewing people. Mike is like right. human resources for Gus, apparently. Totally. And, and uh he's vetting a potential partner. Right. Remember and, from and, next week I'm better kill <laughs> you know, it says he <laughs> Yeah, he's vetting out he's vetting out the partner. So um okay, I said give him two points for this scene. Let's take that back a point. Okay. Because this is where things started getting like predictable for me. 
Okay. Did um, you predict that they weren't going to do Well, when they didn't take absolutely. the first guy and he was, he said, thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised by that. Cause like I said, I was like, Oh, this is just a guy that built the thing. And then they'll have a scene about the logistics and, and then the, I, I thought it was going to, the crux of it was going to be how they were going to build the entrance underneath the machine that lifts up. Cause the mm-hmm. machine lifts up to help dump the laundry. Mm-hmm. And I thought totally, that, yeah. that that was the guy and the big decision was going to be, well, how would it even be possible to make an entrance and somebody would do the classic hit a button or lean on a button and get the bright idea like, aha, that's our secret door. Right. But when, no, that's when he had the big cocky answer. I, I always get like worried about spoiling things later. Okay, mm-hmm. So when he had the big cocky answer, he's got the fancy equipment that oh, we did this and stuff. Well, and you don't real quick, you don't have to worry about spoilers. One, because spoilers are bullshit. And everybody's two, already seen it. Everybody should have already seen it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So okay. when he gets when he yeah, when he gets a big cocky answer, he's like, oh, seven months. And he's like, I did the tunnel and blah, 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 whatever, undetected. I was kind of like, okay. And then when he says, thank you for the time, I knew the next guy they showed was going to be some old school guy. Mm-hmm. He was going to pay a lot more attention to the details. Mm-hmm. And he was going to get the job. God, you, you know what? I guess I didn't put that together until just right now. Because I sat there thinking, well, why didn't they hire that guy? That guy seemed like he knew what the hell he was talking about. Right. <laughs> like, because all like, he did, he, he's got the fancy equipment. He takes some mm-hmm. basic measurements and goes, okay, I can do this. Where the other guy got into uh, the machines. He went and, like, felt the ground. He knew mm-hmm. the material he had to cut through. I knew that's where it was going. So it was a little predictable. That's mm-hmm. one of the okay. things I didn't like about this episode. Okay. It's well done. It's, it's it, well written and it's well performed, mm-hmm. but just kind of typical and predictable. You know, and it's funny, Dave, because that's usually my thing, like bitching yeah. about something you see coming a mile away. But right. yeah, I, I I totally didn't. I I was I was stumped. I thought, what that? Why didn't they hire that guy? That guy seems like he knows what the hell. I mean, and he obviously did this, and he's talking about how good he is at doing this. Right. So so what? <laughs> where's the issue here? Like exactly, how many people could possibly be qualified to do the specific task? Right. The next guy. A little bit more meek, like you said. Mm-hmm. A little bit more old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, got sick. Mm-hmm. I kind of chuckled. I I, <laughs> I kind of chuckled that he took Dramamine, which yeah. is awesome because that means he was somehow prepared to put a hood on and ride in the back of a car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's I mean, not his first rodeo either, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the Dramamine could have been for air sickness, but I like to think that... Oh, yeah, that's right. He was German or something. Right, but I, I like to think that he was so prepared because, like you said, it's not his first rodeo. Right. I like to think this guy just builds under underground labs for yeah. a living or he's, something. He's the layer king. Yeah, yeah. He's probably like, of course, it's the hood. Everybody yeah. does. like. He's probably pushing it on the other side. Right, amateurs. Hey, yeah, we, let me let me guess. There's a hood in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I, I didn't put that together. But yeah, mm-hmm. so Gus obviously wants this dude because he's more old school and thorough, huh? Thorough. It was the thoroughness mm-hmm. and the not just relying on your fancy technology. Okay. You know. I guess that makes sense, right? There's always something to be said for paying attention to the details. Yeah. The way the ways of old, right? Old school. Right. And just mm-hmm. and, and the way he was like, I'm not even sure this can be done. Like he wasn't so confident, and uh, was a, I was just like, "Okay, this is obviously the guy they're gonna hire. Like they're totally gonna 
pull that thing on you, you know? Because he was a little bit more honest. Right, because he's just honest. And that's what does Gus appreciate more than anything besides drugs and money? Honesty, Honesty? integrity. Okay. <laughs> him and Mike have that. That's why him and Mike are partners. They have that in common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wouldn't it be cool like a sitcom, Mike Ehrmantraut and Gus Fring? An odd couple with those two? That's a hell of an odd couple. <laughs> that, that is. Ehrmantraut and Fring, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen, AMC. Make Fring, it happen. Fring cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that could totally be the next big Netflix animated animated show. Fring cleaning. Yeah, he is I, always watch. sweeping up around those pollos hermanos. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch that over Disenchantment. And I like Disenchantment, but I, I like Disenchantment. That. It was pretty good. Yeah, Kim's uh, back at the Kim's back at the courthouse, and we get to see Bill the petty with a prior guy. Yeah, that's right. The uh, ironically that we were just asked where Petty with a Prior comes from, mm-hmm. I, and I was praying. I was like, just say it one time, just say it. That's that's. I totally thought that was going to be Bill's catchphrase, and yeah. I also sat on the edge of my seat. I was like, he's going to say it. <laughs> he's going to say it. He's going to say. It. Never came to be. Nope. So once again, in case anybody's curious, we call our preview show Pe- Preview with a Prior because this character Bill in season one would not negotiate with Jimmy. And kept cutting him off, saying that the person on trial was previ- was a petty with a prior, meaning that he was previously convicted of a crime, and now he's being charged with a petty crime, and therefore it's like a two-strike thing, and he should get a stronger yeah. sentence, right? Totally. So Jimmy was like, well, hey, what about this? And Bill's response was constantly, petty with a prior. Yeah. Petty with a prior. So... Preview with a prior is because it kind of works in that way. One, it's a direct reference to Bill. And two, uh, we're previewing the next show because there had been a prior episode. Prior knowledge of the show, yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and give myself 10 points for being so goddamn clever. Okay, well, give give the writers one more point because I did like this scene. And I like mm-hmm. it even more now listening to you because I just realized Using the same character shows the two different negotiation tactics between Jimmy mm-hmm. and Kim and why mm-hmm. Kim's still going to be a lawyer until she dies. <laughs> and Jimmy's going to end up managing a Cinnabon, a Cinnabon in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, it also kind of showcased for me while everybody hates lawyers. Yeah. Because they're right? ball busters. Yeah. Have you ever? Well, you're at a lawyer friend's house now, but I've well, worked. That's with- right. I hope they're not listening in. I've worked with lawyers and they just love to argue with everything. And I, and uh, the, the scene where it was shot from behind and Bill and Kim were negotiating mm-hmm. and Bill's just keeps trying to get the harshest sentence possible. And Kim's just stonewalling. Mm-hmm. I really like that, but I just thought, man, that's why everybody freaking hates lawyers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bullshit. I do like her reaction when he, he said he invented chicken. <laughs> Bill said, he said, Bill stated for her, Bill told her not to play chicken with him because oh. he in, he invented chicken. Ah, uh, yes. As well. if he was the first person ever to be stubborn totally. <laughs> and walk and walk somebody down, and she just nonchalantly just like, wow, <laughs> 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 a completely unimpressed acknowledgement well, of him being a total douchebag. Well, he lost at the game he invented then because she kind of whooped his ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, 
apparently the student became the teacher then in the game of chicken because he <laughs> he went all the way from jail time to four months probation. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of four months probation, man, David's a dick. <laughs> what a shithead. That, <laughs> yeah. First off, he tries to steal a tie. <laughs> right? That's right. What would have been what would have been awesome is after he got the four four months probation, if he then would have got arrested for stealing the tie. <laughs> <laughs> If it was an expensive tie, he automatically gets a felony for walking away with it. But then he's right. an asshole because he bitches about four months. He's going to have a probation officer on his ass for four months. Mm-hmm. Totally being a punk kid. Well, not he wasn't. He wasn't in the conversation realizing he was almost facing jail time. I think you know, so he doesn't know how yeah, serious you know, it was. And he, yeah, he's kind of just a little punk ass kid. That's an excellent point, but I don't think he wasn't privy. Or, yeah. I think it's you're not, right. It, it's not like he wasn't privy to that information. Right. You know he, what I mean? Yeah. Like, but he didn't. She, re, he doesn't realize. That's all it is. He doesn't realize the gravity of the situation. Because I right, don't even know right. when she gives him the lecture. Mm-hmm. I guess it kind of showed that it started to settle in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's gonna just, go to his uh, uncle's restaurant, right? Yeah, like for a job. Get yeah. a job. Get a job. Beg yeah. him for a job. Think we'll see David again? Mm. No. I'm going to say no. no. I'm going to say, say no. I'm going to say we do. Okay. I'm going to say that cuz Kim is trying to rediscover her love for the law. Yeah, right? I was going to say this this Obviously, answers there's something... the questions we had with the meeting with the judge mm-hmm. where now she is doing all this PD work. Mhm. Um right? I, so why? She... to kill time, to fill time and to rediscover her passion. And right. rediscover her passion to ignite the mm-hmm. fire that she's going to need to fuel her through the green table. So I think what's going to happen is that we'll see David again, but it's going to crush her Ooh. because she, because she worked hard <laughs> to get him out of jail and only four months probation. She worked on his behalf. And even though she said, uh, I, I won't help you real you get in trouble again. jail. Yeah. And you're right. on your own. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's a setup that we're going to see David again. And not even in the speaking part. He's just, she's just going to catch wind of him fucking up again mm-hmm. and she's going to kind of lose hope a little bit, right? Cuz that was kind of what was she was there for. That was kind of what she was looking for, right? I don't and, I still don't know, a, honestly. I, I, feel I don't like feel that, like I don't feel satisfied with that answer that if she's rediscovering her passion for the law or she's just trying to make some extra money and kill some time. I don't think she's trying to do that. I, th- I think she's trying to rediscover her passion for the law and also use it to do some sort of good, which is why she was so adamant about giving David a second chance. Maybe she's doing like pro bono. Don't lawyers have to do so much pro bono work? Not after a public defender. I, uh, I think to get your law license, you have to, so you understand, so you can't, so you understand that it's not all about the money. I think you right. have to do so much. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like the way they're setting this up, Kim's whole deal was is that she wanted to be a lawyer and use the law much like Chuck for the greater she good. You want to be right? Chuck. Yeah. Right. So when she was saying, you know, to Bill, give him a chance. This, don't yeah. This him, kid, don't this kid deserves, him, don't lock him away. Right. Uh, this kid him, deserves a second chance. She exactly. did good. Right. She, yeah. she did good. So I feel like we're going to see David again. Okay. And he, in the courthouse, probably not even like a speaking role. It's just going to be one of those things where, She's probably looking through a docket, look up, and sees him booked again, walk into another courtroom. Yeah. And what then, what if it's David and Denise? David and Denise. Denise is the other client. Yeah, together. What if they're Bonnie and Clyde, and they just go on a kill? Just go. 
murder see, spree across three states. Great. You see what I'm saying, though? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's where it's going to go, because if there's anything this show does, it always uh, brings people back down to earth whenever something good happens. Yes, this is true. Right? So I, I'm going to predict we're going to see David again, and it's going to crush Kim. I'm going to predict that we don't. Winner gets a point. I'm going to... I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to predict that your prediction is incorrect. I'm going to predict that your prediction of my prediction is incorrect. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Infinity. Mm-hmm. Yes, did, okay, so did you like this scene, Dave? Point. Better call Saul. Okay, cool. So what is it? Is it like something must have really happened in the back half of this episode? Because I think. No, I, I, I just said that there's some things I didn't like more than usual, but that's like oh, okay. one or two things because I usually don't. Yeah. You know, like I said, you, yeah. you said you're the one that usually yeah. uh, gets disappointed with the way they take things. Mm hmm. Next scene, we're at Kim and Jimmy's apartment, and uh, Kim doesn't want to watch Dr. Zhivago. And I got to be honest, I've heard about that movie. I've never seen it, but mm-hmm. seeing it spelled out, I would have never guessed that it started with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought it was like a J noise, like Dr. Zhivago, but apparently uh, a ZH makes a J noise, Zhivago. I, 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 I only knew that because I look at almost every top movie list that I, can, that I come across because I'm a movie buff. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. and I see it pop up all the time. And okay. I've never, never, never seen it. Gotcha. Never seen okay. it. All right. Well, Kim's got shit. Plot. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things like I've heard. Right. Right. Never, never seen it. I have no clue what it's we, about. Apparently, might have a watched it in high school, actually. Mm. I remember watching Citizen Kane and thinking, wow, this is dog shit. I don't understand why people think this is such spoiler alert from the 19 fucking 40s. It's a sled. <laughs> it's this goddamn sled. The whole fucking movie you, is because he wants his sled. You have to remember what things were like back then, Brian. I guess sleds were the height of technology. Not sleds, <laughs> the filmography, the camera angles, the sets. Like, mm-hmm. was that? Is it? It's not a Demille movie, is it? Uh, I don't know. It's a. It's a um movie, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, I'm. I'm sorry, film buffs. There might be a lot of like technical stuff that is impressive about the movie, but it is so long, so long and boring. It's Orson Welles, so it's pretty cool that Citizen Kane was directed by the voice of uh, the brain from Pinky and the Brain. So that's, that's pretty right. Cool. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> also, the man that scared the entire world with a radio broadcast about things that didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my hero. Really, he's because, the ultimate troll. Because remember, everybody was smarter back in the day, and things mm-hmm. were so much better back in the day that we which is a Tuesday radio by broadcast. The way. <laughs> Just so you know, also, th- back in the day was actually a Tuesday. A lot of people don't know that, but I've actually narrowed it down. It's a Tuesday. Well, all I know is back in the day when I was young, mm-hmm. I'm not a kid anymore, but some days I sit and I wish that I was a kid again. Mm-hmm. As true now as it was when it was written back that, in the day. Yeah, like 90, <laughs> 97, I think. But back in, the day when it, back in the day when it was written, it was just saying as like, at today. this moment. Yeah. Like today. Yeah. Today. To, right. As I sit here today. Right. Um. Like like Orson Welles is making Citizen Kane going, man, in the future, <laughs> this is gonna blow people's minds. What Whoa. if that's like a big, like the biggest joke? Like he made like the shitty movie, mm-hmm. but he like knew like in the future people are gonna be like, this is such a marvelous, groundbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, look what he did with black and white film, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Exactly. I pretty much feel that's what that was. So like, how can we make the dumbest movie ever? But people are gonna eat it up. Rocky Horror Picture Show was born. Catchphrases, dude, and catchy songs that are actually terrible. Yeah, it that is not a good movie. <laughs> no, I'm not even offended by any of like the transvestite stuff or anything like that because whatever, it's just really not an awesome movie. It's just not. 
Maybe mm-hmm. it's just the, because it's the last time Meatloaf sang in a movie. No. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> I think we were, I, I think we all remember where we were that day when we found out that Meatloaf was no longer going to sing in movies. Right. Until <laughs> until Tenacious D got him to do it, and that's why Tenacious D is the best band in the world. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Anyway, back back on track. Uh, Kim has shit to do, doesn't want to watch Dr. Zivago. Jimmy has shit to do. Apparently, he's just <laughs> at, bored at the cell phone store, just bored. And at first, I wasn't sure where they were going with the ringing of the register. Um, no, Did I, not. I, I at first I thought he was stealing the money. I didn't know what the honestly didn't know what the hell he was doing. I no, don't know. He, this is what I thought. I thought that he was purchasing the phones just to make it look like they're being sold. That's exactly what he was doing. Well, he's going to resell them and get his money back. I didn't right, see yeah. the second step. I just thought he was stopping there. Like he's just putting money in to make mm-hmm. it look like the store is selling phones, so they'll send more phones and they'll think the store is busy, so mm-hmm. they'll spend money in advertisement or something. Gotcha. But I just thought it also looked like how suspicious would that look? Like it's all one hundred dollar bills <laughs> in and, the register. Well, if he takes it to the bank, if you ever were in a retail store, the the hundred dollar bills is no big deal. We're because really, you can I guess hide. If he's that. the one that drops off the money, yeah, right. And you can hide that because on the little yeah. slip, like that, where it says number of hundred dollar bills that a lot of companies use, you could just break that up and just say one of the hundred dollar bills was twenty five dollar bills, and then bam, you still account for that hundred. My yeah. thing was is I have never known receipts not to input the time of the sale. <laughs> that, <laughs> so, I did. I did think about that also. So that to me would be more suspicious than all the caches. You right. you sold fifty phones at eleven thirty at night or whatever. It's time weird it was. how after hours you sold the entire inventory of cell phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be that would be the red flag. But and but I put on my notes. Uh, hey, it's safer than selling drugs, which is true. Because what's the worst that can happen? He paid for him, mm-hmm. so the worst that can happen is he gets fired. Right. And right? he's out. And he he's out his money, but he still has the phones. They're legally. He right. purchased them legally. Right. After Just, hours, but. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're still accounted for, right? Right. And they're paid for. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> and then he goes to the hot dog stand, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It was good seeing, um, it was good seeing that again, because we've seen it a few times throughout the series, but it's good to see that that's kind of become a Better Call Saul landmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He tries initially to sell them to the punk kids, and they kept calling them a narc, which kind of made me chuckle. Narc. Which, which starts... <laughs> This is the biggest chunk of stuff I didn't like. Okay. Possibly this entire rest of the scene. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I uh, did you like him being called a narc and dealing with those kids? That I did. I was okay with that. Okay. Did you like him changing into his jumpsuit? I actually did kind of like that. Okay. Did you like the uh, the music and the montage? Not so much. The music or the montage? I like the music. I thought the song I liked, was awesome. The music was good. I didn't like the okay. montage. Yeah, it seemed like he had a really easy time selling it to I people, right? I kind of thought this whole scene was stupid, honestly. Yeah. Some like dude spill. is going to like walk up to a hot dog stand at 2 in the morning and just start pushing cell phones on people, and everybody <laughs> and everybody's going to be like, I, yeah, a burner phone? Yeah. Yes. So did they skip night? That took place over the course of one night, obviously. Because totally. there was a time there. Because Kim was waiting for him to come back, and Kim found him in the bathroom. Right. So while I was watching it, it before before it jumped to Kim, you know, 
back at the apartment, there was a moment there where I thought I saw some of the same customers twice. So mm. I thought it was like a montage showing his growing customer base and repeat customers because I, I felt like a couple of them came through twice. I think he they were like rejected at first. It's like when he approaches them, more and more and more stuff comes back to that. Now he's doing the sale and then he's selling gotcha. to a few more people kind of a thing. Gotcha. But I yeah. also like, uh, I'm pretty sure there was a Breaking Bad cameo in there too. Probably. The big, the big heavy set. The leader of the Dorado Kings, yeah, which is I weird because so. I earlier that uh, wait, who's the leader of the Dorado? Are you talking the motorcycle guy? Yeah, no, I'm talking oh, about um, there. There was a giant dude in a white T-shirt, Mexican dude. Okay, that I opens up the truck of the car, and I I thought he was uh, one of the guys from Breaking Bad that helped crush the ah, uh, help crush the uh, definitely a possibility. Yeah, I might be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure, and I might be remembering it kind of wrong. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's who that was, and I can't think of his name right now. And I'm not going to look it up because I'm going to leave it up to our awesome fans to correct us and yeah, call us assholes somebody, to look it up for. Somebody tell but, us. But um, okay, yeah. So but it's it's the fact. Okay, I don't I don't dislike the fact that he bought the phones. I don't dislike the fact that he sold all the phones to questionable people. Mm-hmm, I dislike okay. the fact that he did it in one night at one hot dog stand to that right. many people that easily mm-hmm. and that kind of cheesily. And they're all like, "Oh, pop the trunk." And the next person walks up and pop the trunk. You know, right. And then pop right. the trunk. And they're all, all pulling until, the money out of different areas and stuff. All until the Sons of Anarchy showed up from FX. and right. <laughs> apparently, No, that would actually probably be the Mayans, which is the spinoff that starts next week. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds lame. Sounds no, actually, lame. It was the Dorado Kings that mm-hmm. pulled up. And uh, I took special notice because I have, within the last 24 hours, worked with a rapper named Dorado. Mm-hmm. El Dorado, <laughs> which is totally Desperado, but we'll right, go with El yes. Dorado. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was actually trying to think of the real name. That's why I paused. El Dorado, isn't that like the car truck? Oh, that's El Can- Camino. That's Canyon Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like a steak and seats thirty-five. Canyon Arrow. Actually, I didn't El, know that was that El was Camino. actually sang by Hank Hank Williams Jr. That's right. Did you know that? No. Wow. I yeah. thought it was Johnny Cash because Johnny Cash did the dog. Oh, hey, no, Homer, yeah. find your soulmate. That's Johnny Cash. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, wow, good call. Point for you. Can you narrow? So anyway, El Camino. Um, <laughs> I I actually grew up in the back of an El Camino, much like some forty one did. And uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, back in the day when you could put your kids in the back of your truck and drive like down the freeway. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, yeah, back yeah, in El Camino. Back. Back when America was great the first time. But in El Dorado, was a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> America wasn't great in the 80s, man. It was great in the 50s. Um, but yeah, El Dorado's a Cadillac. Okay. Either way. Where'd that Either come ways. from? Why did we get on El Dorado? I don't know. Son of Anarchy show up at the, <laughs> at the stand. <laughs> and everybody scatters. Like, everybody you know, scatters. Like, like, uh, like cockroaches when you turn the light on. Right. Uh, apparently, this motorcycle gang is so badass they like roughing up people at a hot dog stand. Totally, yeah. Like this yeah. is this is our hot dog stand now. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, this hot dog stand o'clock, is our uh, two o'clock is shift change, and uh, mm-hmm. you questionable people get out because you have yeah. more, even more questionable people. <laughs> right. Yeah. That have to get our hot dogs Chicago style. Exactly. Right. And Jimmy completely unfa. At first, I thought they were going to shake him down. I did too. I, I thought that they were going to do what actually the punk ass kids did. Mm-hmm. I thought they yeah. were going to take a shit. But then once he approached the the boss man, the head king, mm-hmm. whatever, Mister Dorado, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how we got an El Dorado. It's the name of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Senior. The Dorado. Yeah, so when he El approached Dorado, El Dorado, yeah. not La Dorada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, of course. Right. When he approached El Dorado and got all nervous, I was like, okay, he's going to make a sale. Like, this is, that's where it's going. Yeah, I, at first I, th- I totally thought that they were going to shake him down and then he would become the official supplier that way. Mm. Um, nice. I, I don't I don't know much about motorcycle gangs, uh, but I'm pretty sure if what I do know is correct that uh, I don't think Jimmy would have gotten that close to the leader of a motorcycle gang, right? At a hot dog stand, probably, maybe. I mean, <laughs> okay. they were being wary. They were definitely giving him the ocular pat down. Oh, yeah, I guess that's As true. Yeah, I guess they were ready to, yeah, they were ready ready to stomp at a, a, at a moment's notice. Stomp a shyster's ass if they had to. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I thought that was a little odd, too. It seemed like a kind of an easy sell for somebody who uh, leads a gang, right? Right. Because if nothing's, uh, if I was leading a motorcycle gang that was involved in illicit activities and random dude walks up and tries to sell me a bunch of cell phones, I'm thinking that's a sting. That's why they called them. That's why the kids called them a narc. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. So the kids, the kids can pin that coming a mile away, but uh, but Mr. Dorado can't. No, nope, Mr. D- <laughs> Mr. Dorado, uh, he bought it, man. Hook, line, and sinker. Okay. Hey, good, good for Jimmy. That's he just great. wants to get himself some of that privacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on sale today only. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think Saul or Jimmy, Jimmy. I feel Jimmy probably. Well, I guess he bought a whole case. Never mind. I was thinking he bought the stack, but yeah, okay, all right, so. He sold the dude some cell phones, then get his ass kicked by teenagers. Or at least Which, twenty something. Okay, so I didn't see that coming. So that I did not mind. I, I thought that was really? actually pretty cool. I didn't see it coming. I was expecting the biker king to, to whoop him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So but not enough to redeem me getting a point on this scene. Gotcha. I really did not like the montage and the it's such a good idea. I w- I wish they would have had him sell it. More realistically. It's just so goddamn unrealistic, honestly. Yeah. I saw the ass kicking coming as soon as they approached him again. Uh-huh. I kind of... Because they had that... You know how there's camera angles that have the same... You know what's coming a lot of times, but because everybody uses the same camera angle. It's like if if for some reason, if somebody is ever driving and then there's a scene of the front seat from the windshield and you can see both seats, you know that the car is going to get hit. Or if... Somebody's driving, and you can see out the passenger or out the driver's side window and an intersection. You know that the car is going to get hit from that angle. Did you stuff like so that? So you weren't surprised when Kim got in that accident because that shocked the shit out of me. Yeah, but that that was that was different because she was moving. A lot of times, open what, road, there she, was no intersection yeah, coming. Yeah, right. Usually, a lot of time, it's an intersection comes into view in the background, and then of course they get hit. Mm-hmm. Or it usually involves people singing in the front seat of a car. Right. And the camera angle is just wide enough to see the entire, yeah, entire windshield and people totally. having fun, and then they get, you know what I mean? There's just always if there's a little extra space over somebody's shoulder at night, like somebody might walk into that, right? Frame. Yeah, right. Or anytime it's behind somebody's head and they look in a mirror, somebody's always like ninety percent of the time somebody's going to be behind them. If somebody's closing a mirror, there's always going to be somebody right there. I hate that. you know what I mean. And if, I feel if, like if you go into the fridge and you shut the refrigerator door. Yeah, <laughs> this is just like. The conference, the the way it was shot, it was it just seemed to me like oh the camera angle indi- is indicated to me that a bunch of assholes are going to walk up and shake them down, and that's exactly what happened. And then, mm-hmm. and as soon as they started talking shit, because they obviously have no fear or respect for this dude, right? So I, I guess just from as soon as I saw it, I was just like oh yeah they're going to kick his ass, especially when he started talking shit, because mm-hmm. that's kind of Saul's thing, right? Or right. Jimmy's thing, right? He talks shit and he gets his ass kicked, mm-hmm. or 
close to getting his ass kicked, right? Because that's kind of his MO. He he always starts off smarting off. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, it Right, exactly. So I don't know. Maybe that's not entirely accurate. But yeah, I'm just saying without the continued rambling, I, I saw his ass kick, kicking coming a mile away. I Once they approached him, I kind of figured that was going down, but mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming. Because they kept showing the kids watching him, which mm-hmm. should have tipped me off, but it didn't. I was right. kind of wrapped up in how much I hated the montage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shitting all over the scene. Sorry. I, I, I did like how it's, I, I apparently wrote total bummer <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on, my, uh, on my notes. But we can move on. Kim wakes up and sees that Jimmy's not in bed with her and uh, sees that he's all all banged up and trying to take care of him in the mirror. And, of course, the classic, like, where have you been? What have you been doing? He's like, oh, I got mugged. Um, also, pretty pretty standard scene. I like the self-referential Matthew Brady photo comment, though. Yeah, I didn't get that, but I... I, I, I went I, and looked it up. Mm-hmm. And he's like a Civil War area photographer. Uh-huh. But a lot of his photos are kind of styled a certain way or lines of bodies and like things like stretch off into the background mm-hmm. so but the camera looking at them you know it kind of like goes off in gotcha. the background i think i think that's what they were going for okay or something to do with his style that i don't know and didn't notice mm-hmm. <laughs> or or i'm completely incorrect whatever <laughs> completely incorrect so point for them i think it's like four to one now mm-hmm. maybe five to one yep i i do like the way that it was set up uh he didn't have to lie all he right. had to do was just leave information out. Right. Because he did. He did go to the hot dog place at 2 in the morning, mm-hmm. and he did get his ass kicked. And I do like the fact that he used the phrase back in the day, because we were just mm-hmm. talking about the phrase back mm-hmm. in the day. Which, yeah, which was a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so back in the episode, we were talking about the phrase that he's now using. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do like he, he states that he was one of them at one yeah. point. Yeah, that little like moment of self-reflection. Oh, You can almost yeah. picture that invisible tear. Streaking mm-hmm. down the cheek, like yeah, better days. Kim says those days are over. Do you think he was longing for those days, or do you think he's disappointed that he's no longer on top of his shit like he was back then? I, I don't think either. I, I think he, I, I took it as you know, I don't, I don't know. That's a great question, Dave. Because then he's I, like, then he's like, oh, I'll call the shrink tomorrow. Like it seemed almost genuine. Like he reflected mm-hmm. for a second, said, "I was one of them," and no, I'm not. Maybe I do need some help. Maybe I'm kind of going off the yeah. rails like this podcast episode. And, right. Uh, <laughs> well, he did kind of, yeah. Okay. I, I kind of took it as when, when he said, because I was one of them, it wasn't really longing. And it wasn't really regret. It was maybe just actualization in his mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like us, for example, I'll talk about certain things with our band and some of the things we did in the past. And I, I'll realize now that some of the things we did actually sound a lot cooler than it did back then, even though we were doing it, you know? And I'll be like, huh, we actually did that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I think it's something like that where it wasn't longing and it wasn't regret or anything. It was, it was just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that was what I was like, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think it was just self-realization. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, it was, uh, man, I don't know. I can't decide if it, if it, it was either, disappointment that he's no longer on top of his game like that mm-hmm. or holy crap i was one of those guys maybe i should get some mm-hmm. help and, I, and i'm thinking like this now i should probably get some help that's probably more like it i'm yeah. i'm thinking yeah i i yeah i think so i maybe that comment kind of triggered the realization that what he just spent his time doing at two in the morning trying to hawk cell phones to criminals mm-hmm. 
was was like yeah you know what maybe i should get some help yeah you know? and, the, and because and, kim says you're not you're not one of them anymore so he's like oh shit right yeah okay see we just worked through it dave see and look at that driven home point driven home by him taking the paint off the windows when he gets back to the cell phone shop yeah 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 a lot of uh that's scrubbing. You ever try to take paint off a window like that? <laughs> it sucks. I think I helped like your sister do it after a road trip or something. Mm-hmm. Like that grease paint. Yeah. And oh, like, off a car window. And yeah. That was a nightmare zone. Yeah, it sucks. We're back to CC Mobile. Shows Jimmy again the uses the the use of the radio songs pastime. I I really enjoyed that. I don't know why. It's something so simple. I think what it was is because it brought something uncommon. And almost obvious once you see it in play that isn't done enough. Point for them. That's like yeah. six to one now. Yeah. I, I guess maybe even just the simplicity of it I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. Because I'm a simple guy. I enjoy simple things. So maybe something about the simplicity of it. And just a um, way to kind of just trigger your audio senses and it's not so smooth and jarring. And Yeah. Cool. yeah. And, and, and that's pretty much it, right? He scrubs the shit off the windows. Right. That's and, it. Uh, I, my note for that scene is, Removing paint. Yep. That's Next pretty much that's, <laughs> that. Yeah. At CC Mobile, scrubbing windows, and then a line. I guess that'd be a horizontal rule across the page because that's how I denote scene from scene. Yes. <laughs> this is the line across the page. Me too. All right. So Kim is at Denise's house, and I, I thought I had the most genius thing ever. So, first off, when it showed that shitty yellow house uh-huh. that Denise was living in, I was like, oh, that's Jesse's girlfriend from Breaking Bad. <laughs> at first, I, at first, I thought that was her, but um, that's totally not. It, that's uh, uh, man, what the hell's her name? I forget. I forget her name. Anyway, but it's not. But I, I, I thought I called it. I don't but want to forget her she, name. She says her name is Denise, right? So Kim's client is Denise. Ted Ted Bernanke's wife's name is Denise, or his ex wife. Oh, really? Yeah. What do do you think that it might be Ted? Ted's wife or no. ex-wife or that was whatever. A young, that was a young person. I didn't think she was of age. Yeah, but it was also took place before, before Breaking Bad. Like a <laughs> right? year? Because <laughs> Ted's no. in the earlier stuff of Breaking Bad, and we're only like two years out from Breaking Bad. This is 06. Breaking yeah, but Bad's Ted's, a successful, Ted's a successful dude. You never know. He might marry young. Here's, we'll answer this question first then. She said you have less than two ounces. Less than two ounces of what? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't do drugs. Would so, it be? What do you think? I think something heavy like meth, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole deal. So Ted likes to pick up meth heads and marry them. Well, he definitely tried to pick up a meth dealer's wife, so I guess it's not too far out of the ordinary. Meth manufacturer, please. Man, manu- sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Jesse's girlfriend's name was Jane. Jane. Yeah, Jane. yeah. Her name wasn't Denise Bryan; it was Jane. See, I can edit mm-hmm. it how I want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plain, plain Jane. Plain Get Jane, it? the heroine, <laughs> the heroine main vein. <laughs> Too I'm much heroin plain in the vein. But get it, plain Jane, because her dad was an air traffic controller, and the plane <laughs> blew up over Albuquerque, oh, yeah. and like she died like that day, or, or she caused that. Plain Jane. Yeah, he huh? was anybody? too busy. He was too busy anybody? broken up about her. Yeah. See, that would have been a perfect joke like ten years ago if That's we were like doing a Breaking Bad podcast. Three points for you for that one. Yeah, plain Jane. Plain somebody, Jane. Somebody go insert that in the next Breaking Bad retrospective podcast from Brian from his <laughs> Saw Good Man and. 
And uh, <laughs> give me credit. I like to use it. Uh, but okay. Anyway. Um, so Kim, again, she's trying to save people, man. Yeah, I can see she's that. She's trying. She's well, why else would she yeah. even be there? Like what public would defender put, would honestly invest, give a shit? Why would she personally invest so much of herself into this, into seeing that these clients show up to court? Because if it's her the, client doesn't show up, it's no skin off her back, right? Right. That's how I, as a public yeah. defender, that's how I understand it. Like, yeah. uh, and at least the way this show has set it up, it appears to me that they get paid piecemeal per case, right? Right. And the reason that a public defender is there is because they're there to represent people that can't afford it, right? So if you mm-hmm. can't obtain a lawyer, one will be afforded to you at no cost or however it goes, right? right because right. you have to have representation in a court of law unless well, you waive it. not right? for David, because remember, David didn't get Mirandized, which I never knew was a word, and I wanted to mention that, but I forgot to write it down. You didn't know Mirandized was a word? No. Oh, yeah. Well, that but that's different because that was... I a, know that, reading the Miranda rights, but I never knew it was called Mirandizing. Yeah, and, and the thing and the thing about it is is um but that's different because for him that means that the the authorities were in violation of the law. No, I get I get that. I'm just saying cuz that's part of the Miranda rights is the lawyer thing. Right. So, so I just wanted to do a call back for he no was, reason. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So. Cuz yeah, so when you go to when when you go to court, if you can't afford a lawyer, you can't get a lawyer, they will give one to you. That's that's what, how, that's what built this house that I'm currently sitting in. Being a public defender? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, but you see what I'm saying? So if I'm a public defender, or, or the way it's, it looks to me, people like Bill and Jimmy back mm-hmm. in his heyday, right? Public f- defenders, it appears, at least in It's a Good Man, just kind of hang out and wait to be called to the courtroom or get there and sign up for the cases throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. So they can get paid per case. They have an office. So, so to me, it would reason that it's no skin off their balls if some random asshole doesn't show up for their court date right? because that person made that choice. It's not like the criminal or the person on trial reached out to them personally and didn't is, show up. Is she vicariously trying to save Jimmy by saving all these other people because she can't save Jimmy? Maybe, maybe that's what, Maybe that's what kind of started this. You know what I mean? Like maybe... Maybe that's what started her questioning herself, but uh, I i mean, maybe maybe that'll come out as the motivation. Mean, that would make sense now that you say it. But that's totally what so, she's trying to do. She's so tired of seeing people break bad. Mm-hmm. She's trying to make good. Nice. Nice. Aren't we all, Dave? I mean, when it comes down to oh, it. Is that where Breaking Bad comes from? It's just the opposite of making good. Maybe. Plus, they said it like in the pilot episode, which... Which is a term I never heard before never. because I remember when when everybody talked about Breaking Bad, I remember watching the pilot and being like, "Oh, there's some boobs." Like, and then my second thought was, <laughs> "Why do they call this show Breaking Bad?" And then at some point in the series, Jesse goes, "Oh, Mr. White's broke bad," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, there it is." Still don't and get I was, it. And I was like, "Do people say that?" No, I've never. <laughs> like they, yeah, I think they made it up. They may have. I mean, there's lots of shit they made up. Anyway, long story short, she's putting just way too much work into this girl who doesn't want to go to court. Right. She shows up. She offers her to ride. Wasn't she doing her hair or some shit at some point? She's just, she's trying to save the world and can't do it. Trying. Trying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also, this is a great plot device for her to have a confrontation with Mesa Verde. Right. She snubs a call. So point for me on this one. This is also a thing I kind of didn't like. Okay. What what didn't you like that it was just too convenient? Yeah, it's just like this whole the whole thing 
that we just spent 20 minutes talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole public defender thing is just a plot device for her to fuck up with Mesa Verde and okay. miss a call and piss them Fair off enough. so Paige can lecture her. And then I'm mm-hmm. sitting there like I wrote in parentheses, is she self-sabotaging? Is she doing this on purpose to get out of Mesa Verde but make it mm-hmm. their decision and not her decision? Right. Okay, yeah. I, I, I thought that was weird that she snubbed the call, and I didn't mm. put together that that was Paige. And then Paige confronts her, and I'm like, man, that is so stupid. Like, what is up with that? Like, that it just seems so out of character. Right. So out of character. But so what, we'll have to of, see where. It, I didn't say out of character. I looked at that as character development, actually. Okay. Because yeah, I just thought it, there was a, a major error in the paperwork, and then when she shows up, and they said they had to put all these people to work all day. Mm-hmm. Like, you can understand how she'd be pissed. And it's funny you said that because my actual notes on this entire scene says Kim shaking uh, ampersand. So Kim shaking at Mesa Verde page is pissed with like five S's. (laughs) (laughs) Pissed. Mine aren't that funny. Mine says Kim at Mesa Verde. Kim at sign Mesa Mm -hmm. Verde. It's fixed. Jargon, jargon. Retype submission. (laughs) <laughs> okay so <laughs> long story short Paige is pissed <laughs> okay um pissed and spewing jargon like venom mm-hmm, indeed uh we see mike interview some german dude <laughs> i said scary german guy mike interviews some german guy that looks like milton from office space that's kind of what i thought too <laughs> yeah steve good old steven root yeah, and for some reason, and then my second note is, dude's awful condescending. Was the German guy condescending? No. I, I felt he was more condescending than Burt Reynolds. I didn't think he was condescending. Star-studded episode. Star-studded episode. <laughs> Steven Root and Burt Reynolds. Yeah, so it was nice to see him show up. Um, nice to see. I, I, I did like the truck ride on that one, because even Mike was getting a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. that one. And uh, yeah. kind of kind of sick of it because he's obviously been doing this like all day. Yeah, and we kind of uh, t- went over this scene a lot in the beginning of this episode. The dude was old school, and he got the job and got to meet Gus, who speaks German. Well, here's—I know we've already kind of discussed this, but I did write just to prove it, as in my notes, I put old school measurements. When I saw the notebook, I knew this was going to be the guy. Okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Just the uh, the old way of doing things. All right, and very I, cool. I, I actually was predicting as I wrote it that his quote was going to be that it would take a longer time, but he never even gives a timeline. It's that long, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Gus comes out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Introduces himself in German. Could not get the guy's response. Failure on the audio team, because I don't know what the German guy said in response. Was that his Maybe name? Maybe that was... Maybe that was intentional. I put Zegla. <laughs> I don't know what that I means, know. but I wrote down I, Zegla. <laughs> I'm just going to chalk it up to being some sort of random German word. I don't know. I'm going to just say this right now. If that's his name, we'll fix it on preview of the prior because the credits will be out by then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. We got a big preview with the prior coming up next week. <laughs> we made a lot of promises this week. We we got a big one coming up. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so, so yeah, this one, uh, no, no point. Okay, too predictable. Too predictable. Okay, all right. German dude predictably gets hired. 
most surprising thing, Gus apparently speaks German. Or at least it can introduction. I you can make an introduction. Ignorant American over here thought he said it in Spanish. Really? <laughs> I didn't really pay attention. Uh, I was too busy reading. Uh, also, this is the first time I've listened on my um I work on a super high tech and current 2012 Mac Mini. Mm-hmm. And so the speakers are shit, and I didn't hear a lot of things. I've actually missed a lot of audio stuff on this episode. Okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> Last scene. Uh, Jimmy's at the courthouse doing his whole probationary hearing thing. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Just runs into a disheveled Howard in the bathroom. I want to talk to Marty for one. To, to roll back a little bit. I think we should mm-hmm. get Marty on the podcast. They keep calling him by name. He's obviously got something going on. Marty, the security guard? Yeah, the one he was scanning Jimmy. He's giving the wand. And he's the one that took yeah. him when the dates were. And he's always called by name. Mm-hmm. He's always in the credits before the episode like, even airs. Like they've made it a point. Yeah. So he's a feature player of sorts. I guess. Yeah. That, was that what you would call it? I, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know how the whole hierarchy of. Uh, I, I know that they have different there levels like that. Like terms. Yeah. 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 It determines how much you get paid in the residuals the, and stuff. So the maybe is, is that you don't is if you get one line, you have to get paid more. That's so weird. Yeah, those hey, them's the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe there's something going on with Marty. I'll, I'll reach out to his. Uh, I'll reach out to his management for sure. Yeah, uh, we haven't had time to do that a lot this year, and I'd like mm-hmm. to at least do a couple. So I'll reach mm-hmm. out to Marty for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did find it kind of cheesy that Jimmy just so happens to walk into the same bathroom that. A very disheveled Howard Hamlin was in. I do agree, but I didn't hate this scene. I actually like this scene. Yeah. I, I noted, uh, is Howard turning into Chuck? Mm. I noted when uh-huh. Jimmy asked what's eating you is like the worst fucking question. Like, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who's been, he's, he's current on the show. And his mm-hmm. first thing about this season was, man, Jimmy was a fucking dick when Howard made that confession. He just got up and started <laughs> whistling. He's like, wow. Right. So then for him to go, hey, Howard, what's eating you? Like, <laughs> Right? Really? Right? He's just, yeah. he's just driving <laughs> that dagger in, man. I don't think he's, he's just oblivious, I think. You think he's, that just, you think he's just oblivious? Just, I, I think he's wrapped thing, up in his own emotions as much as Howard's wrapped up in yeah, his I, own I think, I think Yeah, I think he was just... Uh, I think he was just going about his own life and because he's already passed all this shit and not moved by any of the emotion of the situation. I think he was honestly, that was in the back of his head. So Mm -hmm. he was just kind of making conversation and just absentmindedly say, hey, what's shaking? What's eating you, dude? Yeah, because, you know, know, I don't realize, like, Chuck's death didn't mean shit to me. So why, you know, why would it mean shit to you? Exactly. Put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I Um, I got you. Only thing I first off, uh, good job to the PFAB on his acting on that. Scene, I, I was gonna, awesome. also going to say that, yeah. I I did think the the lines were a little ham fisted, a little cheesy. Like the, the dialogue, like the whole. Um, I've shared enough. Yeah, more, I was like more ah. than enough. Yeah, I was like ah. Yeah, I kind of wish it wouldn't have been. I wish it wouldn't have been based on the dialogue in that part as much. Maybe the reactions would have been, or if you just would have given him a yeah. look, like you motherfucker. Right, like, you could have right. done that with a look and not a. Cheesy yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um I, I did enjoy it. And then I guess the whole coincidence of Jimmy walking into the bathroom. Because when Jimmy walked in the bathroom and Howard was there, I was like, oh, well, it's a good thing Jimmy managed to find the only fucking bathroom in a major courthouse. <laughs> and 
I'm pretty sure that usually the lawyers and stuff like that have different quarters. I don't know. It just seemed really, uh, the setup of it just seemed a little ham-fisted. Well, if the lawyers have their own bathroom, that, that makes the chances greater that they will meet together because your options are limited. Yeah, I, you know what? That's an excellent point, and, and Jimmy would probably still go to. Right. Yeah, okay. You know, that's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. Yeah, okay, so I retract. The DA. I I retract my criticism about the coincidence of running into Hamlet in the bathroom. I guess the only thing that would really be coincidence at that point would be the timing. The timing. Because, yes. because like, oh, the, well, then it's not coincidence that, like, wow, what a great coincidence he went into the bathroom that Howard was in, but more so, wow, what a coincidence he went into the bathroom at the exact same time Howard was there. While he's washing his face. Mm-hmm. While he's washing his face. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'll take it, though. Yeah, it's it, It's no more... It's no more dumb than somebody turning on the TV and there's a news story saying exactly what, <laughs> which right. happens at every show. But every okay. show. And not only that, it always starts at the beginning of the sentence. Right. Because I know for in. me, every time I turn on the news, they're just starting the next story and it's exactly, it's not like halfway through a sentence. Right. It's, it's, it's exactly the beginning of what you <laughs> needed to hear. Exactly. Right. Uh, on yes. a side note, what always cracks me up about those scenes too is... The people always seem to start paying attention at a point where it doesn't even make sense a lot of times that they would pay attention. Right. Like they passively turn on the TV and the news broadcaster will say, in other news, and that's when they start realizing that whatever this person is going to talk about is what they needed to hear. Mm -hmm. totally. Very rarely does it happen where the newscaster will say it and they'll, like, they'll do that thing where the newscaster will say it and they'll look up and realize they just heard something that made sense. Right. But a lot of time, the terrible acting is turn on the TV turn away and in other news and then that's when the light bulb still starts going off which in real life it's more like hey i heard about this major thing let's turn on the news and then you sit there screaming at the anchor to get to the fucking story already mm -hmm. the, and then you find out they already got to that story because it's important and it was at the beginning of the newscast yeah yeah so you either missed it or you turn on the tv during a mazda commercial or some right. bullshit so then jimmy okay. suggests a shrink that kim gave him the number for Mm -hmm. And he's and I was really happy to hear Howard say like I'm already seeing someone because I'm kind of expecting Howard to turn into Chuck and kill himself. Yeah, and you know I actually thought that was kind of like a solid move. Yeah, I mean it was totally half-assed, but still somewhat of a solid move. I was just more happy that Howard's already seeing somebody because I don't want PFAB to leave the show. Right, which that's my I, it's a personal investment. I don't want PFAB mm -hmm. to leave the show because we talked to him. One thing I did like about the scene is that it wasn't all animus. There, there wasn't a lot of contention between them. Right. It, it was Jimmy for better or for worse. And for his aloofness and such, uh, especially his distance from the emotions that Howard actually feels. <laughs> right. Right. Well, he, he like, kind of reeled him back in though. As cheese dick as the shared enough, more than enough was, it did mm -hmm. pull Jimmy back in a little That's bit. That's what I'm saying is right. Cause they were, they were kind of buddies when all this started. And of course, a lot of shit happened between them, obviously throughout the, four uh -huh. seasons of the show or whatever. But I did like that it wasn't an entirely contentious or adversarial right. scene. Yeah. Jimmy was, for whatever reason, it seemed he was at least on some level genuinely concerned about Howard's well-being. Right. And Howard, despite everything that's gone on for a slight moment there, actually felt, actually accepted the empathy coming from Jimmy. You know yeah. what I mean? He, yeah. he was actually... They, it was a nice moment for as weird as it was that they, they weren't at each other's throats or trying to get one over mm -hmm. on each other. There was there seemed to be at least some sort of a connection between the two that went beyond 
we we kind of really don't like each other right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a, I guess there was a compassion between the two of yeah. them. Yeah. That isn't that hasn't really been shown a lot. Which is which got, is nice to see. Yeah. And it's got me thinking. I'm really hoping that there's a scene later that has some sort of conveniences that kind of piss you off where Howard mm-hmm. meets up with Kim. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing we've seen of Howard was Kim berating him. Right. So it could be thought that Kim drove him to this also. Yeah. So how would that play out? I would like to see that and then hear your opinion of how it was too convenient that they met up in the (laughs) uh, Poyos Hermanos drive-thru window or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe we'll get a Howard Hamlin episode. That'd be nice. I want to see him jump fences again. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. In a Superman suit looking all stellar as fuck. Mm -hmm. That handsome some bitch. Yeah, I don't like seeing him this way. I don't like seeing him this way at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, last thing. Jimmy's talking to his probation officer. Um, talks about how he's he finished his community service. I like he how has, the, the the camera shot, camera shot from inside the tiles, the ceiling tiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> has uh, gainful employment. Mm-hmm. Guy, uh, guy seems to guy seems to be a little snooty about Jimmy being a cell phone store manager. A little well, uppity, a little uppity towards him. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe then he knows asked, how Jimmy got his community service hours. <laughs> Maybe. Remember that old gem. Yeah. Now, Jimmy is talking to his parole officer. The DA. I think it's the DA. It's not. He's not on parole. It's like his PPD officer, whatever P- that PPD. is. Whoever's in charge of, Pre- whoever's in charge of Jimmy. Uh, I forget what PPD stands for, honestly. But he said he was talking to the, D- the DA about it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And is, is he talking be, to the DA or the DA's office? I I I think he was referring to the office. And oh, this did he say DA's that office? In, that's what I thought. And this is just some jackass in the DA's office that's there to oversee the suspensions of lawyers who are on oh. PPD. I guess that would explain why he may be a little have been a little snooty at him. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like he was he was uh, you know Jimmy finishes customer his uh, customer service finishes community service mm-hmm. gainfully employed. and some. And some customer service, right. <laughs> and and he's gainfully employed, mm-hmm. and uh, donating kind of a lot of money to the community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> involuntarily. And he asked him, you know, pretty much, pretty much the question was, "Hey Jimmy, what are you going to be when you grow up?" Yeah, <laughs> right. I know he asked him like, "What your plans are after your probation or suspension or whatever." Mm-hmm. And Jimmy kind of gets the same look he as when he was talking about scamming people, right? With Kim, right? He mm-hmm. just got really intense and. You know, you could see he had just like tunnel vision and the singular idea of exactly what it was he was going to do right. in nine months and 24 days. It's like he's a gonna baby. Be a, he's going yes. to give, in nine months, he's going to give birth to Saul Goodman. Right. <laughs> he's going to be a lawyer, but not just any lawyer. The best. Bigger like, yeah. and better and breaking or batter. And breaking and or batting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like the whole bigger and better yeah like he's just like frothing at the mouth right mm-hmm. like he's just like itching to get back in the game because he has these grandiose plans mm-hmm. that's what it seems like right it was like when kim and him uh kim and he or he and kim Hit, were talking uh, about sc- him and key if you will yeah. started scheming talking about scheming people and he just kind of like zeroed in and started getting super super intense you know mm-hmm. she had she like reeled him in and she's like well you're not you're not serious right pump, pump them brakes only Right, and that's kind of what this PPD officer was like looking at him, like, 
Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're a lawyer. Like we all are. <laughs> it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Like kudos to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like doing that is like the the uh the lawyer version of like the bad guy in every movie when like like You'll regret this. <laughs> oh, yes, you will. You know what I mean? Like, it, I thought it was going to be like, they say, like the lawyer version of Howard Dean. We're going to go to Omaha. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go to Michigan. We're going to go to Indiana. We're going to go right. to New Hampshire. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Howard Dean. I didn't think that was that bad. I was like, you no. know, it's good to see somebody that into that. I often say that was the moment I lost faith in politics is when he got ripped for that. When he lost his candidacy because of getting passionate about what he was doing. Yeah. That's when I lost interest in politics. Yeah, well, I think it was just a shitty candidate to begin with, but probably. I, I, but they they just they mocked him mercilessly. For oh yeah, that's the, excited. That's, that's the name of the game. Yeah, but yeah. He, he was pumped. But anyway, back to Saul. Yeah, man. So, man, I don't know how to grade this episode. If I were to grade it on a scale of one to ten, I don't know really where I would grade well, it because I, I feel like degrade it. <laughs> See, because it's grades with the and then degrade. Yeah, the way it words. sounded through my earphones, it sounded like you said degrade it. Oh really? Yeah. No, I, I was saying like, um, I, I'm not sure how I would grade it. Like, I'm not sure what grade I would give this episode because I, I watch and I'm like, all right, first scene, fan service, fucking all right, awesome first scene. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. We learn how we learn how the meth lab is built because mm-hmm. that was actually one thing I was kind of bitching about with when I watched that episode of Breaking Bad. I was like. Man, it's awful convenient that they found a fucking laundry mat with a meth lab underneath. Well, it. Like, I had assumed they had it built, but I, I—that's my weird. point. But I that's thought I always thought that they built the laundry mat on top of the lab. Mm-hmm. So now I know that I was wrong on that. Right. I I thought of that too, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, long story short. Long right? story so, short. Overall, the episode. I mean, if I was if I was grading it, I'd probably say a. B. B? I'm like I'm like Homer Simpson as a critic with this show. Like my worst episode ever, seven thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like right. everything's freaking great. So mm-hmm. overall, I did like it. There's just things in this that I didn't like the the particular yeah. predictability I, things. I think of it well, it's the mid season, right? So they mm-hmm. gotta set up the second half of the season, which yeah. they definitely did. They definitely they did. Lot- and they have I am excited. Yeah, they put a lot of logs in the fire pit. Mm-hmm. They're just nobody's just struck the match yet. I feel right, and and they they're and they didn't give us any nacho, so yeah, I'm excited for. So I'm assuming next episode will be super nacho, and <laughs> it'll be all about nacho. It'll be nacho supreme. Yeah, next it'll be episode. nacho supreme <laughs> next episode. <laughs> awesome. Well. Uh, what did you guys think of this supersized episode? It was it said it was 75 minutes, so I guess those of you who watch it with the commercials, is that an hour and a half? Does that work out to be an hour and a half it must. after all, after all the commercial time? That sounds like that'd be about right. Uh, what did you think as you were watching it? Was it too long, too short? Was there too many seeds planted? Were you waiting for the Nacho Supreme? Um, <laughs> did you? you know, I'm curious. Uh, I want to know if you guys felt the way I did about some of these scenes, about some of the predictability or if you mm-hmm. were just rolling with it, or if you dislike things that we liked. Yeah. Because that Brian you? and I tend to dislike different things, which is why we work together well. Mm-hmm. Were you overwhelmed? Were you underwhelmed? Were you just whelmed? Whelmed, yeah. Yeah. Or I, medium I, whelmed? I think I was sufficiently whelmed with this. You were episode. whelmed? Sufficiently okay. whelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not saying you know how you fill a cup with water and then the surface tension lets it rise above the water a little bit, but Sometimes. it doesn't go. It doesn't go over. Right. 
Yeah. Right. I'm like that bubble of water. So I wasn't like uh, overwhelmed because I, did, I didn't overflow. You were overwhelmed to the brim. Yeah. You were, you were whelmed <laughs> to the brim. Right. Which is the name of my new ska band, by the way. <laughs> whelmed to the brim. So I was whelmed to the brim. So I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't disappointed by any means, but I wasn't exactly blown away. Right. But the potential is there for a lot of crazy shit, especially if we see a little bit more of uh, those uh, fading moments of Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, and definitely I, catch back up with Nacho and see what the fuck is going on with Kim. And yeah, speaking of that, that's what I was just trying to interrupt you with was I could see Kevin being a f- asshole and flipping out. You know, one of those guys that he's your best buddy. You know, you know, good friends with you, but if you cross him, he'll be a super dick. Mm-hmm. And have some attitude. Yeah. So, champ kind. Champ kind going to become champ unkind. <laughs> champ kind's going to. All right. Let's start that over. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Kevin. Man, what? Kevin could probably ruin her career. What if Kevin, like, is just completely vindictive yeah. and he's like, you basically fucked me and now you're ruined? That'd be interesting. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. just crushes her. So she goes back to criminal law, sees David back in court. Knowing that she can't make make a difference. Yep. Right. Downward spiral. Downward spiral. Downwards. Downward. Downward spiral. And then her and, and Howard so- just get together and spiral out together. There you go. Into the sunset. Just Into spiral, the spiral. Thelma spiral. Louise holding the hands, driving over the cliff. Brad Pitt yeah, watching. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. There's no other way to go. Exactly. So tell us what you think. Find us on Facebook. Uh, you can see us on Twitter at ISGM Podcast. Make sure to give us those great reviews. Make sure to give us those bad reviews. I don't really care which. Go ahead and review us. I probably won't read them, but Dave will obsess over them. <laughs> Go ahead, check us out on It's All Good Man. You can hit us up on uh, on email, host at It's All Good Man or nothingimportantpodcast.com. Reginald, thank you for your emails. Don't think I don't see them, buddy. Also, uh, big shout out to F. Qureshi, who thinks that we don't read TV time, even though we've read several comments from F. Qureshi on TV time. So, <laughs> so check out the TV time. And also check out our friends at uh, Podcast Detroit. I don't think it's Podcast Detroit. It is. Detroit Podcast Network. Yeah, Detroit Podcast Network. So check all those guys out. Um, and, of course, we'll see you next week. Presuming there's one next week. You think there's one next week? I think so. There has to be. Like we'll I said, there, I, I could have swear there was a break in the midseason, and we haven't had a break yet. So this is un, this is uncharted territory that we're going through. Dave? We have two reviews of the 10 we need to release a song. But if you go into iTunes, you scroll down to where one week there was a week off or something. We did release a cover song. I'm not going to tell you what the song is, but it's in the list in iTunes. Please check out my other podcast, What's Going Down in Downtown J-Town. If you're from the Joliet area, and call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just fuck. Hey, 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 it's all good, man.